Welcome back to another episode of the YNK Podcast. Yeah! What's up, everybody? John Kilmer here. Now, we're very excited to announce we are just weeks away before you can interact and support our podcast and our entire brand in a very unique and awesome way. But in order to do that, you have to download the Bravo Pay app. You hear us talk about it a lot, but it's about to get on a whole different level. So download the app and enjoy the show. A lot of stuff going on in the world today. Uh, two things stand out to me. Uh, can you guys guess the two things that I find the most notable things happening in the world today? Absolutely not. Donald Trump saying something reckless? No, 100% wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Blue, please don't slap the high noon with the mic. You just spanked that high noon with the mic. Dude, my hand has no energy. Fucking completely. I think I, I think I'm the guy who started spanking his own beer on tour. Like you a been spanking it? I spank my beer, yeah. Before I, before I drink it. What's the reasoning? I don't know. It's kind of kinky. Just wake it up. <laughs> spank your beer. It's like slapping the bag. I think. Uh, yeah, slap yeah, the bag I, of wine. I get it. I get the notion. The first thing I'm excited about, it's uh, Mr. Tom Brady's birthday, turning 43 today. Doesn't excite me one bit. So let's <laughs> nice little hint. Hey, he's 43. He's still doing it. Yeah, he is a legend. He's still keeping it alive. I wanted to sing him happy birthday, but you guys aren't really as excited about it as I am. So I'll sing it. Happy birthday to you. You ready? Is that like Marilyn Monroe singing to the president? Mr. President. (laughs) (laughs) Um, 43. Wow, he's still doing it. Did you know I learned today that Tom Brady has a twin sister named Julie Brady? Saw Does that. she look anything like him? Kinda. <laughs> I gotta look her up. She's he, not hot w- at all. Look, <laughs> she's not. <laughs> Tom Brady's cousin. I mean, fuck. <laughs> Tom Brady's twin sister, Julie. Mike, who the fuck is Julie? Hey, who the fuck is Julie? I found this on the web. Is she hot? I don't think so. Let's he just posted up. about her today. God bless his soul. It's his birthday, and he posted a, a, on Instagram about his sister. Yeah, I'm having trouble bringing her up. She's and been under the radar. And get this, Old wait, time? it's even, even a step further. She's married to Kevin Euclid. Whoa. From the Red Sox. Whoa. Is she hot? How am I just finding out about this? Euke, one of the worst, one of the ugliest batting stances. Like, he's, his game. He could was, rake, though. Yeah, I was just like, his game was so non aesthetically pleasing. Like, yep. everything about him, just the way he ran, like, stood, played through, mm-hmm. hit. But he was good. He was really good. I feel like that was the best era of baseball. Like Manny, him. Yeah, it was back when it was like more important. It was was way better then. More importantly, uh, Kevin Euclid was in the movie Summer Catch with Freddie Prince Jr. and Jessica Biel. Fun fact. Jessica Biel. I spent spent some time down in that. uh, I know, the Summer League. Down in that uh, Cape Cod Summer League, baby. Yeah. Some good memories made. Wasn't there long, though. Left for TJ. Left yeah. for surgery, and that was that. What was that like? Because I, I watched the movie Summer Catch. It's kind of an yeah. older movie. Uh, I kind of got like, have you seen the movie, Mike? Mm-hmm. And I, I feel like that kind of get, it gives like a good vibe of what it's actually like down there. Yeah. Was it pretty accurate? Fairly accurate. I mean, it was like, it was like romanticized a little bit, just like, but yeah, it was like, you know, it's, it, for those who don't know, it's just like where most people, most of the best players in the country collegiately go and play there in the summer. Mm-hmm. So it's like an, a lot of people go to the games and it's a dope vibe because... But Cape Cod, Massachusetts of all places. Yeah. You yeah. know, it's like a little beach community. Yeah, that's why. And it's like, but you get to see some of like 
you'll see like guys who go on to be like superstars. And who do you play with uh, while you were there? I played with a lot of guys, man. Um, on my team, particularly, uh, wasn't any huge superstars. There's there's like three or four big leaguers though. That mm -hmm. guys that play in the big leagues now. Nice. What the fuck's his name? Dallas Keuchel, left-handed pitcher. Won a few World Series already. He's good. Mm -hmm. You guys wouldn't really know these guys. Um, he's probably the standout that I played against. But when I was there, who was there? Mike Trout was there. Wow. Fucking Chris Sale was Damn. a lefty for the Red Sox. Um, That's wild. I'm going a little blank. But I was like, honestly, to be fair, I was only there for three, four weeks. Mm-hmm. I went, I went and played. I was there for about three weeks. I pitched twice. The second time I pitched, I was like, I needed to go. I went to the surgeon, and we got another treat. We got another, like, basically, like, tests done, MRIs and things. And then that was when they said I needed Tommy John. So it was short-lived. But, mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, everyone in college baseball talks about it and knows. It's, like, really fun. The girl, you know, girls go out there and try to hook up with guys who are, and you, you know. And you, stay with, you stay with families while you're out yeah. there, right? Yeah. Like Blue came and visited one time. I remember we had a, we had a party. I remember yeah. we were at the game. And Garris, I was like, we were talking to a bunch of chicks. I was like, yo, let's just get fucked up after this. He's like, dude, don't say that in front of girls. I was like, what are you talking about, bro? Don't say let's get fucked up. That was when Garrett, uh, he wasn't. Uh, no one knows who Garrett is, but that's yeah, the yeah. new merch guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Shout He's out to Garrett. For He's the, the old merch guy. But yeah. There's a out there, right? But yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, see. I actually took down one of the milfs in my short time. Shut the front door. I did. That's a scene in the summer catch where like they talk about like the the host mom that's like a total milk. Yeah, no, that's a real thing. That's like, a real. It's not fabricated. Like wow, a lot of the a lot of um, I mean it's you know it's it, it's not like everyone who has who hosts kids want to fuck them, but like <laughs> can you imagine? A lot of times it was not even necessarily the host families, but like the women, because you think about it, like Cape Cod is like a vacation town for like wealthy people, mm -hmm. so you know. They come in, husband's gone a lot, you know, go there, they're, you know. Thank wanna, God you didn't stay at my house. Want to get some young stallions in there and <laughs> mix it up a little bit, so. I remember we had a- I actually took one down. I wasn't living with her, though. She was, uh, she was just in the neighborhood. <laughs> I, need, I need a nice MILF, you know. I could use a MILF, too, man. I was just saying that. It's interesting. I, I actually wanted to talk about this today. It's funny we got to this. Speaking of MILFs. I was just talking to um, I was talking to somebody. I was talking to a girl. I think I want to say it was like two nights ago here, and talking about how like girls like there's this kind of like nor there's there's a normalcy to like girls, any of the advanced girls like attractive girls or like even advanced intellectually whatever. They're attracted to older men or older guys. Mm -hmm. If you think about it, like dudes are such late bloomers comparatively to girls. Big time. Like physically. Big time. Like girls, you know, you'll see girls like they grow up faster. Like you'll see an attractive girl and then like you see the kids she's hanging out with at school. Yeah. And they're like little, little guy, like little, they're boys still. And you're like, holy shit, how old is she? And you He's know what I mean? Like, but that's been as, for as long as I've, I've never, but I like, as I got to LA, you see it more and more and more and more because there's just this like, younger guy like that is don't you don't get it you don't you don't yeah. come into like manhood and like get who you are and and it, there's just like a later it's a later curve mm -hmm. and there's like there's pros and cons to that you know yeah. but you know girls girls like 
the hot girl in high school was always dating the kid in college. I didn't get it at all. No one got it. Mm-hmm. But now no, I get it. But so now much. you get it so much. And in yeah. LA, you see it so much. And with us, like, dude, you know, we talk about all the time how young we feel. But like, I haven't been with a, most of the girls I see. I mean, when I was dating Josie, I was, I was 24, I think, when we first started dating. Or 20. You're probably like 25. I was 24 or 25, and she was 18, 19. 25. But she. Because yeah. we moved into the old crib, and I just turned 25. Okay, okay. Yeah, so, so, and then just the girls, we find ourselves around all the time. The new model girls that come in or whatever, they're all in their early 20s. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's super understandable once you get into it, but especially in this lifestyle. Like, think about it. Like, most of the girls who are 25 or older, like, there's there's like structure to their lives that we don't really we don't really endure or understand like we don't have that structure in our lives like we wake up and go with the flow and do whatever we're like younger girls are ready to go with the flow and do whatever and like it's more what i'm saying is it actually is it's more conducive it's a better fit where do milfs come into play here well what i'm saying is Mm -hmm. i haven't found like I'm not even around milk. Like I'm not it's really true. ever around like older. It's partially because I don't make an effort to go different places and yeah. you know, but like our lifestyle breeds this like 20 to 23 mm-hmm. year old, you know, 20 to yeah. 25, let's say. Yikes, but after 25, yeah. like the women are like already like, all right, like, you know, different mindset. especially if they're, you know, like attractive and like been privy to a lot of the cool situations and fun parties. Like mm-hmm. you do that for four or five years, you're like, all right, you know, and then you get to 25, that 25 to 30 range. We're like, oh, wait, like, let me let me figure out like my life and like settle down. Hopefully that's kind of more what they're aiming for. Where with us, <laughs> you know, like we're we're attracting and geared towards like those younger, younger 20 to 25 because they get it. They yeah. they can go with the flow with what we're doing. We have more in common with them. Yeah, I know. We fucking sit, wake up when we want, work in the studio, turn the fuck up, travel, can you imagine, party. Can you imagine dating a thirty year old girl right now? Like, if she's like, okay, no. honey, waking up at eight, and I'm like still up with sunglasses on, fucking <laughs> trying to engineer myself in the studio, like smoking a dangling cigarette. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, it's like hard for people to understand. And they look at Hollywood and they're like, oh, these guys and the young girls, like. It's really not weird. Like, no, not, not even weird. saying that people call us weird, really. But what I'm saying is, like, even when you look at Hollywood, yeah, there's a lot of weird shit going on. Shit I don't even know about. Clearly, there's some fucked up but shit going on. But I get the, I get it. Like, and most, most dope girls, honestly, like, they, they see the, va- they're like, oh, okay, you guys are immature. Like, these 30-year-old or even 40 or f- whatever, like the age yeah. to the women, it doesn't matter. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just about connectivity and it's like- a lot of sugar daddy stuff going on out here. Yeah, for sure. Way older. For sure. I, th- I think, oh, sorry, Blue. I was going to say, we were talking about MILF. <laughs> no, no, like what it, like you, when I was younger, MILF was probably like, I could have been 30 when I was like 18. Yeah, it's true. Oh my God, but man. now, but yeah. now, I feel like how old is a MILF? How old is a MILF? Like 30, 35 to 30 easily, to 40? Easily 40s or above. Yeah, a MILF to me is be, 35 or older, even you, if I'm 35. Yeah. Exactly. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll just make She's in that mom category of age. Yeah. But i never been down I, the MILF road. I don't consider a 25-year-old. Oh Dude, MILF's got so much goddamn passion. So much sauce. When you hook up with them, too, like... Just so much drink. all the bullshit. There's, like, way less bullshit. Yeah. And they just they, got... They've they been through the ringer. They ain't got no time for they bullshit. They got real experienced mouths, too. Ah. <laughs> Dude, when I... <laughs> They got a real fucking seasoned mouth. 
That that shit will go, <laughs> that will go such a long way for me though. Like nice I just warm. know what you're doing. Great makeouts, great blowies. <laughs> nice and warm. Cook you a fucking omelet on the way out in the morning. Dude, dude. You I, know? When I hooked up with a MILF, I I was just thinking in the shower with how how long a great mouth goes, a seasoned mouth. A seasoned mouth. Dude, I used to lie and say I was like 20, like 3, 24 when I was like 18. Oh, yeah. I don't know why. Now we're they, doing, they now we're doing the opposite. Fuck. They didn't give a fuck. <laughs> yeah. I, I, uh, man, it's, it's, it's an interesting thing. But it's so weird for the last 10 years. Like, oh we've God. never really, like, yeah, sprinkling a few MILFs, but for the most part, they're right in that 20 to 23-year-old range because that's just where, yeah. where we're at. Like, that's yeah. those girls are right in the mix and they're available and we'll come on trips and come hang out to mm -hmm. two in the morning and don't have shit to do in the morning. You know, it's yeah. like... No, that we definitely align with them more. That makes more sense. We got more in common with them. I think uh, I think I think I know the answer to this. But did either of you guys go to your uh, ten year high school reunion? Zippo, come on, man. <laughs> no, no, nope. we'll fucking caught dead there. Um, <laughs> I went because I happened to be in town. Mm -hmm. I went. It happened. And yeah, but that's that's speaking that about doesn't surprise me. Speaking about relatability, though, there. I can't relate. Speaking about all. relatability, though, yeah. this is this was happening when we were when our TV show was airing. <laughs> You were getting blowjobs on camera in the, in the fucking hallway oh. of our tour bus. <laughs> on television. On television. <laughs> uh, and this was right around the time uh, my, my high school 10-year reunion. So I went. And I went to, you know, kind of like a like a prep school, whatever. Yeah. Uh, it was already a little stuffy. So imagine like 10 years later, uh, me trying to relax. I, I honestly felt like... Uh, Happy Gilmore when he like he goes to like the banquets in his jeans and like ACDC t-shirt and everyone's wearing like you know like suit jackets. Yeah. That was literally me at this fucking thing. Everyone's like, you know, married, wife, the kid, yeah, selling insurance, uh, whatever. You know, hey John, what have you been up to? Uh me and my buddies just have uh, this reality show. Get blow jobs on the bus. <laughs> yeah, bro, that's crazy. That's pretty much to anybody. Uh, no, but this is the kicker though. Like and this this all ties in with like how we align more with younger girls. I literally I I couldn't stay there for more than an hour because it was just like, it was the worst. I literally dipped. My parents were out of town. I literally dipped to go hang out with the 19-year-old chick to come through my house. And just, we <laughs> I'm out with her instead. Yep. <laughs> yep, exactly. Literally par for the course and just goes like right in line with what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's it's to each their own. And, and, and you know, I think your life will tell you the answers of like, you know, who you're attracting. And then if you're not attracting people that or girls or the opposite sex that's like aligned with your life then like you gotta you gotta approach that mm -hmm. and and figure out how to navigate that and how to attract what you want yep i'm not looking to change what i'm attracting really but i will take a milf but uh take a milf here and there we're thinking about moving to nashville and there's a lot of bachelorette parties out there i think there's gonna be a lot of milfs out there. I'm looking forward to the milf scene out there. It'll be it'll be much easier to get after a milf in Nashville than it is Southern here. Southern women, yes, fucking amazing, fucking amazing. The the only just to play devil's advocate, if you watch the movie Spread, which I know you love with Ashton Kutcher, Kutcher, Ashton Kutcher, Ashton Kutcher, Ashton Kutcher. You didn't get up with Ashton Kutcher. I refuse sure. to call him Ashton Kutcher. It's Ashton Kutcher. Kutcher. I, I think it's blue. I know you love that movie. Love that movie. And he fucking he, he yes. like crushes the milfs in L.A. I highly suggest you watch that movie. It's fantastic. Yeah. It's just I mean, there are tons of milfs here, bro. Like, but it's just not our circle. We're never gonna be like. You know where you can find them? Yeah, we, don't, we don't. We don't go. We don't go searching for it though. If we went down to the no. water, bro. If we went down to Santa Monica and went to those bars yeah. and did it, we could take them down. We're even sure. Beverly Hills. Why don't we go down there? Well, we should. Hey, we should. Go to, <laughs> we should vlog it. Hey, sprinkle in a Trader Joe's or maybe Gelson's. You'll, you'll see them in there. I can't vlog. It's too corny for me. But I'll vlog hunting a milf down. 
We just turned into Milf Hunter. Milf Hunter. <laughs> honestly, I honestly, when I was when I was younger, I thought Milf Hunter was real. <laughs> and you're like, oh my god, I'm finding these <laughs> random women out. His I thought it was real too. His name was Sean Hunter, which is probably a fake name. Actually, I think it was. It might have been a real name. And he would literally just like hunt. I think it was on the Bang Bros Network. He would just hunt milfs. No, it was Reality King. Sorry, uh, <laughs> I stand corrected. And he, <laughs> he would just fucking hunt milfs. And I honest to God, he made, they made it look real. The filmmaking, probably a lot of inspiration for what Touring's Boring became. <laughs> uh, shout out Milf Hunter. Uh, but yeah, I, yeah. Don't know, I don't know where I was going with this. Yeah, um, the second, th the second <laughs> thing that's happening in, in the world today, did you guys read the news? The one and only Dwayne Johnson purchased the I XFL. I saw that. I saw that. I did see that too, actually. For only $15 million. I think that's a steal. Maybe Johnny can get in there. Johnny's. Uh, I think, I think if, The Rock would be cool enough. Johnny's I think hung it up. I think he's the best person to revive the XFL. <laughs> he is the Rock. Johnny oh. too, but the Rock. Uh, the oh Rock yeah, the Rock. Uh, yeah, maybe. You know, I think I think he wrote something fantastic. I think he's really fucking smart, you know, and figures shit out. So I wouldn't be surprised if it was successful. It'd be hilarious if he owned the XFL and played in it too. <laughs> He looks like he could. Yeah, I mean, I just linebacker. don't like, dude. What are, even sports in general right now? Like, it all feels like fucking preseason shit. Like, I, I know. I, I can't get into it. Like, I'm not into it at all. You know, <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I haven't been able to get into sports at all, and I know like a lot of it's coming back now. I ha I haven't watched the game. The the world, like, yeah. I mean, everyone has uh, like, everyone has their own perspective. It's just, it's not a. Uh, I'm not a huge, I'm not the biggest sports viewer guy, but like, it's, it's just not appealing. And it's, I don't think it's their fault or anything. Like, I just think until you can have crowds again and shit, like, yeah. Dude, the virtual fans is the creepiest thing I've ever seen. It's not gonna, it's not gonna like hit the same. It's just not hitting the same. Maybe, maybe it will, will warm up to it just like anything else, but yeah. it doesn't feel like it's like, Act, I would be interested to see like what the actual consume consumerism like what what's the consumption numbers comparatively because if you think about it like if you said hey I'm gonna take away the NBA and the MLB and people are gonna be like without that for a long time and then we're gonna bring it back mm -hmm. you would say oh those numbers would probably jump like people would probably be pumped up to watch it and and consume it again I'd be interested to see what consumption numbers are I bet they're lower. I think than expected. That, yeah, I think definitely lower. Because it's just not the same product. Yeah. So it's interesting, you know. Yeah. I think what they yeah. have to do, like I've said this before, but I think what they have to do is go above and beyond to make it a unique experience. Mm -hmm. So if you mic the players up and you have them constantly cutting to mic to mic to mic and all these guys talking and yeah. what are they saying and all the funny shit and they have someone like live editing it and, you know, like it could be something where it's like a new product where like, may, yep. you know, maybe it will capture a whole new thing, like a new element to it, you know? I agree. Something's got to change. Yeah. yeah Dude, I agree. How crazy is the virtual reality fans? Yeah, it's whack. I feel like I'm watching <laughs> Black Mirror. But did you see that they're like putting people, if you watch the NBA, it's like actually real people. Like yeah, they're putting funny like ass people in the crowd. Yeah, it's, I get it. I get what they're doing. They're trying to make it, but like. I don't get it. It ain't enough. It's weird. It ain't enough. <laughs> Dude, if I was playing and I was looking I at the want crowd more. and I saw that, I'd be creeped out. I would yeah, like throw me off. I don't think they give a shit. <laughs> Fucking seeing Adam Sandler just chilling right in the crowd. <laughs> well, anyways, Dwayne, uh, we all know Dwayne had the football career short lived. He played off uh, for Miami, mm -hmm. then uh, didn't quite didn't quite make it in the NFL. 
Um, but yeah, I mean, he's, he, he said the statement right here on his Instagram. He said, with gratitude and passion, I built a career with my own two hands and will apply these calluses to building our XFL brand to create something special for the fans. My dream of playing professional football never came true. However, this passion venture, this passion venture allows me to create opportunities for other players to showcase their talents, take care of their families and make their own dreams come true. Mm. Hell of a fucking guy. Dude, 15 million to buy a, the whole, that's crazy. Yeah. yeah, I think he's going to have to. I think, I think the reason it's so up, low, though, is because he's going to have to spend so much money. I think oh, he'll for blow sure. it up. The promotion is going to be insane. Yeah, I mean, I don't even think they have an infrastructure or anything. I think it's right up our alley, though, the brand. You know, like they're crushing beers post game, you know. Bro, we need to shotgun and beers in the locker room. XA, uh, whatever, wherever the fucking league is. Sure. I think for we sure. could probably purchase one of those teams, you know, Minneapolis Chug Buds. What do you think? That sounds that sounds about right, honestly. I might, I might give it a try. Sioux Falls, Sioux Falls Chug Buds. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Speaking of chug buds, we got. Yeah, what's up with the chug buds? We're. Uh, what's up with the budge? Yeah. Business. The business end is just about done. We'll be. I'll save the details until it's. Uh, we're inked. But, mm-hmm. you know, COVID obviously. Look, we're the last people that have any right to complain or anything. But, you know, COVID obviously changed some things for the dynamics of like how. The timetable of what we we're doing with Chug Bud, but it's fine. We worked through it, and we're we're in a great spot. But we have a we have our biggest like you know how every time they sell out super fast, people think we're like doing it on purpose. Part of it is, yeah. P- part of it is a culture we're trying to create where it's exciting and it's hard to get, and and mm-hmm. I get that. But at the same time, we're not we're we're scaling. We're dealing with our own limitations. Yeah, we're we're dealing with limitations, and then we're we're our goal is to scale and mm-hmm. to scale in a sense of like, you know, I want very soon, even with the COVID shit, I think we'll be able to be on sale for like a week straight. You know, I don't think continuously instead, like instead of three on sale permanently. You know what I mean? Where <laughs> yeah. like something's just rolling, but we're scaling to that too. Um, the biggest thing though next is uh, we have from a two thousand unit drop which those go in like a few minutes. We're going to, our next one will be like five or 6,000 and mm-hmm. then we'll have another five or 6,000 in like two weeks later. So we'll gear up, you know, to ramp it up and I appreciate everyone being, uh, just being fucking supporters. They're really dope. People love them. So um, Blue mentioned Nashville. Uh, we should probably save it until it's like a definite thing, but yeah. we're looking at that. You know, we're kind of at the end of, I think personally, just kind of ready to leave LA. Well, I want that. Oh. That was a whole other topic I wanted to get into. I mean, as as you know, uh, Posty was just on Rogan, very entertaining episode, all four hours of it. Yeah. Uh, they touch on uh, well, a, a couple things they touch on. One is um, why Post moved to Utah mm-hmm. and the benefits of it. Um, yeah, from a living standpoint and creatively. And Rogan's actually moving to Texas. Yeah, he's taking the show on the road. And he's just, I mean, people can come to him because he's the biggest, he's biggest Rogan. podcast there is. But um, they, they talk about how, um, how Utah, like creatively, I mean, you were creating music out there. Like, wh- could you tell a difference while you were creating out there? I mean, think about what we've been saying the whole time. We're going to Hawaii and making, making all the songs. And, yeah. got, and then we already went to Nashville. Like some, some of the first, one of the, the trip to Hawaii and then Nashville, some of the songs that like, that's where like post where you know, he, he's really started to get excited about the music and, mm-hmm. and those were big breakthroughs for me musically. But I noticed that very quickly that um, being in different environments is very conducive to like opening up 
for lack of a better word, just like opening up your mind and your creativity. It feels like there's like a new, you know, there's new ideas coming from new spaces and mm -hmm. that's just how it feels. And um, I want to keep it fresh. We made some great shit in, in Utah. I think we made, we might've made a classic out there. So can you put your finger on what it is specifically about Utah? No, I mean, Utah, like when we talk about like communing with nature, like, mm -hmm. It's just like it's totally different than LA and like being in a city and stuff. It just is like mm -hmm. when you don't you wake up and you're on a fucking mountaintop and and you're and then like you don't have to be rich and like live in a mountaintop. Like you could literally just like you know when you wake up in Utah, you can go for a fucking ten minute ride and you're you're at the you're at a hike, you know, or you're at a lake, whatever. Like where where yeah, like we went to a lake one day. You know, we talked about it, but like those <laughs> things. There, there's just something about the com communion with nature that sparks creativity. I mean, any of the teachers, any of the Buddhist stuff, the, the Taoist stuff that I'm into, mm -hmm. they stress that as, as, a, as an actual like pillar of something you should do to not only like stay connected, uh, it helps you stay connected in the now, but mm -hmm. also connected to a higher power, which like creativity, if you think about what creativity is, we don't know what it is. Like you can take ownership of your ideas and you could say, Oh, I got all the ideas. Like I'm blessed or I'm really creative. And, but we don't know where those ideas are coming from. Like they, yep. I know where, you know, we've yeah. heard multiple people talk about it, but I don't know where they come from. And I, once I, I heard someone articulate that and I was just like, Oh wow. Like, yeah, you're right. Like all I can do is try to set myself up to be open to receiving new ideas. I don't know where the hell they come from, you know, and we, we, no one does, but I'm in the business of like, I personally view it as part of the job. Like we talk about meditation or whatever, or going on trips and like going to the beach and laying there for a day and just going for a walk. Like all those things are part of the job for me. Mm -hmm. And I, I remember, bro, episode three, what it means to be alive. I talked about how I had nothing. I had, I felt like I had no hobbies and things that excited me at all. And that's really changed. Like I can go and just enjoy a day instead of feeling like kind of stressed or feeling like I've missed a day of work or I, I'm stagnant. Mm -hmm. I'm looking at it as like, I'm feeding, I'm opening my mind to creativity. I'm feeding my soul, whatever yep. it may be. Mm -hmm. And I think Utah, my trip, my trip to Utah is part of like, what was the final straw of like saying I wanted to move. Well, Marcus is getting a place there. Yeah. Yeah. Marcus hit me. It was like, Utah looks great. Like I'm looking out there for a crib. Fucking two weeks later, he bought, I was like, yeah, it's amazing out here. He bought a crib. So we're going to spend time in Utah. I don't, I don't think I'm going to move to Utah. I mean, po maybe further down the line. Yeah, Further down the line. Um, but Nashville, like, obviously, if you guys are listening to music, you know, the direction is kind of headed that way. Mm -hmm. But the beautiful part about Nashville is like, we can have, we can have that nature element. We can have a fresh start element, but we're also close to the industry um, there's a lot, like all the dopest country artists are fucking with my new shit. And you know, we, we've been talking about it for a long time, yeah. but it's happening. And like LA, that doesn't, that's not the case. I mean, LA served a huge purpose. Like, you know, we made a huge mark here. I got linked with posts here. A lot of the things that are going to happen in the future, that's already happened here, you know, but it's not like I'm here have, working with new people all the time. I have one, Charlie makes all my music. He works in Nashville a ton. Mm -hmm. You know, so there's not anything tying us to L.A. outside of just the podcast and having 
having guests, but I have so many country artists, friends out there, there's hockey, you know, there's hockey team out there. We'll be able to make it work. And I think going into the move, just saying, hey, this isn't necessarily permanent, but let's like go into this phase of our lives where we can travel and be free and like nothing's tying us anywhere, you know? So that's how I'm looking at it. But as far as like the Utah trip, um, I don't think it's specific to Utah. I think if we went to Bali or we went anywhere, we'd be like, wow, you know, like this, Mm -hmm. this element is this natural the the, yeah. the creativity that the fucking just nature element gives you is dude. you feel it dude like when we got out of that lake mm. I f- my mood went from like i mean it was i was already in good mood but like you just feel so different bro mm-hmm. like you're just in the i felt like I was there's something about being on water in general mm-hmm. yeah. whenever i'm on a boat and i'm out in the ocean you feel or a lake or whatever, you just feel a different frequency, right? Exactly. Totally. Exactly. I don't totally. know what it is. I can't really put a pin. Totally. On it. And look, there's there's tons like there's beautiful elements to living in Los Angeles, and there's the nighttime weather, bro. Nighttime weather here is amazing. The beaches are great. Food, but great, great sushi out here. Yeah, great food. Um, but you know, look, it's a it's a draining place to live, and. You know, yeah. it's it, it is very different than than most other places. The people are different. We've made some good friends here, you know, yeah. but it's just one of those things where, like, I was in Utah and I was talking to girls and having these just uh, or not even girls, just the people. Um, there's an energy to that. Yeah, bro. That there's a creative there's a creativity to having uh, creativity. You know, we t- is really just like we talk about. It, it's just like having an open mind. Having a clear, open mind, a non-distracted mind that is connected to something higher. And you're like, just sometimes these ideas just come in so clear, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think the personal energy um, that that goes into it, like when you have a bunch of people around you that aren't necessarily on the same wavelength or interested in different things, not necessarily bad people, just, you know, the what Los Angeles and Hollywood breeds, it is... It is dangerous waters to navigate. You can get emotionally drained. You can get distracted personally and start you're muddying up the things that you, you value. Like you kind of forget what you value and what you care about. Mm-hmm. And um, I think I'm just ready for a new, a, new, uh, a new place where we can just kind of try it out and, and be around like a different energy in general. I think it will open up. I think we're going to love it. You know, yeah. that's how I see it. So yeah. for all the MILFs of Nashville, we're coming for Buckle up. Please. It's going to yeah, be a I mean, bumpy ride. Every time we leave, I feel like every time I leave L.A., I feel like I just <laughs> automatically feel great. It's because mm-hmm. the air the air here is very polluted. Yeah, yeah when you're here for too long, like it <laughs> yeah. feels so good to get out of here. Mm-hmm. I think that's kind of a sign. Like, all yeah, right, oh, like totally. That's, you know that, I mean? that was I, I noticed that. I mean, I'm partying my ass off in Utah, but I had I was getting up earlier. I had more life energy in general. Um, just I think fresher, that, man. I think that's. I mean, yeah, the air has something to do with it too. Can't but, breathe. <laughs> but uh, yeah, man, like it. it it's uh, when you talk. Remember, I talk about like gut feelings and intuition and yeah, dialing into that intuition and what it's telling you and shit. And that's that's kind of what I'm trying to tap into here. You don't jump at it. You don't have to make rash decisions because you feel a certain way one day. Feel it in your plums. Well, we've been talking about it for a while. You know. Yeah. Um, sure I want to go back to the creative, the creativity thing. Cause mm-hmm. I, I mean, creativity is interesting because like neurolo- ne- neurologically, yeah. uh, from a scientific standpoint, there's no measure. 
there's really no, they, they can't measure people's creativity. No. You know what I mean? It's, it's one of those few things you just can't measure. Yeah. Um, Post said something in, the, in his Rogan interview that kind of struck a chord with me. I thought it was cool. He said, all of my best ideas are mistakes. Mm-hmm. They're accidents. Yeah. Uh, can, you, can you like, um, yeah. I don't know, add to that with any personal experiences? Yeah, totally. He changed, just being around him in the studio changed the way I make music. I mean, Louis, Louis Bell, who uh, was a big part of my come up and just, the, he was the guy who made all my music. Mm-hmm. You know, he was working with Post too, and I'd be there and see how they operate. And it, it eased Dude, I, I used to go in like a backpack and like a laptop and I'd write the lyrics and it was like mm-hmm. a fucking school assignment, you know? Yeah. And I just fucking saw firsthand like it, it like once you take the pressure off creativity, I mean my entire process changed to not mistakes is one way of putting it, and I totally get what he means, mm-hmm. but it's throwing paint against the wall. Yeah. It's it's just like it doesn't matter, man. Like, let the ideas come. Flow. Let the ideas come. Exercise them. If they're not great. Who cares? You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. do another one. You know, and it, it, it's uh, it's it's better. A better way of looking at it is like the least stress or effort. Like, I have don't try tattooed on my. I was my, gonna say that. You know, like, Crazy. I don't even fucking. I, like, I needed that tattoo because I like looking at it. And, like, reminds me every day. Like the best things just come to you at the right time. And if you have the right mindset and you're not stressing and holding on too tight where you can just let the fucking wind take the sails. And like, mm-hmm. yes, you have, yes. It, when something strikes, yes, there are times you have to sit there and execute and maybe treat it a little bit more like a job, but the actual ideas themselves, you have to exercise them freely. And Post is, is king at that. He, he goes in, and just freestyles. I got that whole kind of notion from them, but watching them work. And yes, it takes a guy like Louis Bell to be able to sit there, organize it, you know, drive that ship a little bit on the organizational side. But like, man, when I, my music got so much better when I, when I stopped putting so much stress on the process and worrying about it. And here's my idea. Let's, you know, like, it's just Mm -hmm. this, it's a more free-flowing thing. And I think you can, I think anyone listening, artists or not, you know, like I, I know there's not tons of music artists out there, but you can really take it to anything creative, even your business ideas, you know, like, or, or any, any idea you have, you, you can't, don't be so precious. That, that's what I'll say. Like Post isn't precious about it. When yep. he calls them mistakes, that's what he means. He's not being precious about it. He just exercises, something great comes out, great. You know, maybe it's just a little start to something great. There's a lot of ways it can it can go, mm-hmm. um, but I totally got what he meant, and yeah, I totally relate to it. It's, you know, I, I think there's probably some artists that make great shit and do it the other way, but yeah, to each his own. To each his own. All yeah. I know is that shit works for me, and I think it makes a lot of sense. It makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. If you think about creative people, there people usually be like, oh, they're hippies, or like, oh, he's out there. He's a super creative guy, though. He's an artist, you know. But like. There's a, there's a certain thing they're connected to, and most usually they're spiritual. You know what I mean? Usually there's some element of spirituality to to someone who's creative. If you think about it, why is that? Because they're they're allowing a higher power to like communicate with them, and whatever that wherever those ideas are coming from, they're flowing through them like you're a vessel for the creativity, and you you have to have a certain ah, uh, you have to have a certain like 
it's cool, man. Like, never met a creative guy who's like, yo, we got to go there, go there. Go. <laughs> I was just never say, like that. You know what I mean? I was supposed to say, I feel like the best things happen when you're not looking for them. Yeah. Even, like, the, the like your best nights out. Like, if you have too much, like, oh, my God, like, you mm-hmm. expect too much, mm-hmm. you're always going to be disappointed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, like, basically, you, you yeah. whenever you wash your balls, you're not going to get laid that night. But when you haven't <laughs> showered for, like, a week... And yeah, haven't changed your underwear. That's the night you get. I'm gonna lucky. wash my balls regardless. But, <laughs> but yeah. But I also think that's why when posting, we were just talking about like when posting the studio. A lot of times he's not working. I think he just sets up the vibe where like it could happen, it might not. He's mm-hmm. not going in there and be like, "Yo, I gotta finish mm-hmm. this right now." He's like, "All right, let's have a let's have a good time. Let's drink, do whatever." Mm-hmm. And if it it just comes natural, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? He's not searching Absolutely. for it too much. Another thing he totally. talks about, and we've kind of touched on it a little bit, is like the influence of you know like drinking or like smoking ciggies or getting a little high or like taking mushrooms when like when you're in the process of creating. Yeah. Do you think um you think that has something to do with yeah. it as well? I mean. And, and reaching those, like, uh, yeah, you know, dude, there's, there's definitely like psychedelics, like mushrooms, they're grown out of the earth. Like, I mean, I've, I've, I couldn't be more, I couldn't be more of a, of a proponent of the fact that their perspective opening mm-hmm. and mind opening. And, and, you know, when we just talked about what creativity is, I think there's, it's something about being connected to a higher power and being able to feel those ideas. And being able to acknowledge those ideas and exercise them. And when you do catch a wave, a lot of the sub, like a lot of the conscious decision making of like, ooh, we need to make a song. And like, it's all in the, but as soon as you can, like, you, you kind of get loose, that's when it will open up those ideas. And so, yeah, like, there's no, there's no, there's no like secret to it. Like, most artists turn up on some, on yeah. some, they're turning up for a reason. Yep. You know what I mean? Like, yes, there's there, there's definitely dangers to that. And yes, like it breeds some some danger for, you know, abuse and things like that, substance abuse and things like that. But, you know, there's definitely something to it. There's yeah. definitely a reason it's it's always been like that. Like Lenny Kravitz fucking on acid while he's performing. Like Lenny rocks. Literally, you know what I mean? Rock like star. you hear those stories before and you're like from the outside looking in, you're like, oh, he's fucked up. That's crazy. But then once you like get into it and you understand it a bit more, like, ah, man, like, you know, look, I'm not, I'm not here. I'm not saying like do acid and go to work. You know what I mean? But there is a, it has a negative stigma though. If you're not like in that world, there's a connectivity that it brings. There's a connectivity to the moment. Mm -hmm. And I think creativity is in the now when you're in the, in the now, that's when, if you're thinking about something else, if you're distracted by anything, the future, what you got going on or what, what you're worried about or anything, like you're just not going to have your best ideas aren't going to come through. Yeah. Of course. How, how, how would they How come could in? they? Exactly. Uh, they talked about how Stephen King back in the day when he was writing some of his books, he doesn't he was so turned up. He doesn't even remember writing some of the books. I mean, I'm the I'm I'm the guy. I makes, literally I go into the studio. I don't remember that. Makes sense. His name's Steve, but yeah, the so uh, Steve. but a whole book though, like 300, 400 pages written. He yeah. doesn't remember it. Yeah. Some of his best work. I believe it. Some of the best. I mean, it's different. Some of those. For, some of the best writing of our time. Yeah. He just doesn't remember. It's different. It's different. It's a. It's a different beast making songs because yeah, songs are like three minutes and you can just freestyle and shit. But like, yeah. I go in there most times. I go in there. I go in there sober after nights where I do a bunch of shit. I don't remember any of it, but a lot of times those are some of the best ideas. So, yeah, um, That's the best nights. 
<laughs> and Rex. some good times. We're going to open up the Steve hotline again. There's a couple of questions that people sent in, and then we'll do some calls okay. after the break. Um, I really like this one. It's from uh, Chef Remy. I guess I guess Is it's a, a chef? chef named Remy. Uh, he's he or she. Uh, I, I don't know who it, if it's a guy or a girl because the avatar is a panda bear. Um, they said you recently talked about the journey and how taking risks is a part of growing and becoming successful. If you could go a little deeper on that from a standpoint of smart risks and a dumb one, it'd be awesome. Yeah. Because um, we, we always hear, you know, you got to take risks to be successful. You got to like let your guard down. You got to go into uncertainty. But I guess they're asking what's the difference between yeah, a smart I mean, risk look, and a dumb you, risk? There, there's there's um, anything that's going to be life-changing, I think there's an element of risk to it. Mm-hmm. Also, like, look, it's not... It's not to say like, oh man, I'm done with it. Like, it's not to say I hate my job, I'm quitting tomorrow and I'm moving. Like, it's just like what I said about Nashville. Like, we've been, I've been listening to myself for a while about this. You know what I mean? And I'm also in a space where like, I'm not tied to the income of a job locally. Yeah. So like, it's unfair for us to say these blanket things and like you guys just apply them to your life. We're just trying to guide you in the right direction about it. And there's no right or wrong answer and everything's case by case. But Mm -hmm. all I'm saying is if your intuition is telling you that you need more or something is wrong, then you have to look at your options. It's a step-by-step process. You listen to yourself, you listen to yourself. They're not rash decisions. When you feel like wow this this is really my body my mind my soul is really telling me that something needs to change my dick my balls your balls your plums feel it in your plums then (laughs) then okay i'm going to make a change you go to step b what are my options for change yeah what makes sense right now is that what's feasible you know Mm um there's an there's an like as much as you want to just be like disconnected from reality and be like, hey man, listen to yourself and go for it. Yes. But you have to navigate those waters like properly and and and, yeah. and cautiously might be the right word, you know. But like look, all I'm saying is like there there's there's something, and that's what I try to do with this podcast when we have guests. There's something about the people who have ultimate success and they all jumped. Mm-hmm there's something about like that no matter what the hell they do or what they came from those people found out a way to make a change and they took a risk and you know and it comes in every it comes in all different forms and fashions but all i'm saying is like you really have to be able to listen to yourself and if yourself is telling you hey something needs to change then go to that phase figure out what the changes could be and they could start small they could start small. They could say, I'm going to wake up and have set my routine. And these little things we talk about for daily routine could start there. Yeah. And then it could start from going there to talking to your boss and saying, hey, I need this, this, or I need to move on. Or, or it, could be, it could be disconnecting from someone who's bothering you, who's a part of your everyday life. And you feel like, oh, I don't know if I could get rid it. You know what I mean? It takes... You could take baby steps towards your your bigger change, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if I answered the question exactly, but well, no, no, you did. I think the the only thing that you missed, I I think that in order to make smart risks, you have to make a series of bad risks in yeah. order to learn what a good risk is. Yeah, yeah. There, I think there's a there, trial and error. There to may it, there may not sure. be such a thing as a bad risk because a bad risk will lead to failure, and then in order to succeed, yeah. you have to have those failures. So, 
Uh, I mean, believe me, I've made a series of bad risks in my life right. and I, I learned from them and I, I don't really look at them as bad risks. I look at them yeah. as, you know, a learning, mm -hmm. a learning moment. Um, I agree with and that. And believe me, there's, there is such a thing as a bad risk, I guess, because it can lead yeah. to some bad shit. But, yeah. but, uh, but we've all been there and it, I think in the end it actually helps you. I feel like also too, like, say you have a, this idea, you want to take a risk. Don't fucking, I mean, you might not have to do it right away. Like, wake up the next day if you're feeling the same. Yeah. And you keep feeling the same way after fucking a week, then fucking do it. Right. You know what I mean? Right. If don't do it, just do it, like, out of the blue just one night because you're feeling it. You know totally. what I mean? Totally. Think it through a little bit. Yeah, no, I don't, I don't think, I, I'll never, like, I'll never tell you to just make a rash decision, a mm. life-changing rash decision. Yeah. It's not, you know, even, even if it was the right decision, I don't think it should be rash in the sense of, like, too abrupt for your life to, it will mm -hmm. it will dishevel put you like you'll be disheveled and be like wait whoa what? yeah you know what I mean come like, up with a plan yeah yeah like and look at the end of the day we said it last episode all that matters is feeling good so if you're not feeling good assess it what is what is it in your life that that uh that is is adding or is feeding that part of you that's not make you not feel good. Mm -hmm. You know, and it might it might lead you to something like small, like I said, or getting rid of a friend or someone you thought was a friend that you need to disconnect from. Or it could be picking up and moving and leaving your hometown. It's, it's a wide array of things and, and everyone's different. But all I'd say is like, I'll never I'll never say don't go for it if, if your body, if you're not feeling good where you are. Yeah. Otherwise, if you're feeling cool, cool. You know what I'm saying? But it, listen to yourself. Mm -hmm. You don't want to have. You don't want to live with uh, regrets either. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean. You don't want to be older and wish you tried it. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean. That's true. That's the worst. That's the worst. So the, I mean, the pain of regret hurts. What's your line, Mike? I said the pain of hard work. The pain of hard work hurts less. Hurts less than regret. Yeah. Decision. Amen. Yeah, what song was that? Word. I don't really have. Fuck regrets. that. It was called. <laughs> yeah. Fuck that. Oh my god. The pain that's of heart. That's such a deep line for that type of song. Yeah, I always had deep lines. Like, easily crazy. one of like your hardest lines ever, and it's like, what's the song name? Fuck that. <laughs> Dude, what, the pain of hard work hurts less than regret. Yeah, yeah that's just that hard. song you made in, I mean, you made a bunch, but it was like a remix in Lou's studio back in Quincy, and it was just straight bars, like crazy bars. Oh, uh, Royal know, Flow. Royal Flow. <laughs> was it Royal Flow? Yeah. For all the old one? school Steves, they probably oh love that God. one. Oh, my God. Yeah, you yeah. said some crazy shit in that one. Yeah. Um, so I, I get away with words. I, <laughs> I don't want away with birds. Out of all the of all <laughs> of all the questions, one uh, one person actually asked me a question for a change, which is pretty Dope. nice. He said, uh, "If you were Mike for a day, what would you do?" <laughs> <laughs> Still somehow involves Mike. Um, and I mean, I think you guys know the answer. <laughs> I don't even know. <laughs> if I if I if I bang a chick in your body, is that cheating? No, no, no. You fight like five bitches, probably. I think I have a sneaking suspicion my girlfriend would say otherwise. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's not you technically. She it's can't not my get, dick. It's she not can't my get, dick. She can't get mad at you. It's not my dick. <laughs> um, I have a bunch of. I've posted a few things for you on your Instagram, so like it's linked to my Instagram. Yep. And I, I at times get your notifications when I'm on my Instagram, yep. but it doesn't say that it's your notifications. It just pops up. <laughs> So like I get these like all like these fucking girls like at the top of my screen and the notifications and I'm like, what the fuck is this? And then like and then I'll be like, oh, it's Mike's profile. 
It's happened <laughs> ten times Absolutely. out of ten times out of ten. They're always for you, and not not for me. So uh, I think uh, starting at like six a.m., I'd, I'd get a nice early wake up call, and I'd explore those explore those options. Yeah. <laughs> Why not, man? You just you just take you forget everything else. You just have as much sex as you can. Not my dick. Twenty four hours. Not my dick. Not my problem. <laughs> not <laughs> my chin. Not my problem. That's a, good, that's a good way to look at it. It is. Hey, I'm not on my gravestone. Not my dick. Not my problem. Uh, yes. I would do a little switcheroo for you. <laughs> I woke up in Mike's body. (laughs) It would literally be like that song. (laughs) (laughs) You would wake up and you'd be like, why is it? Why is my mom calling me eight times this morning? (laughs) I I wouldn't mind a little check in with Mary Ellen. (laughs) Yeah. Well, she'll never, she'll never get off the phone. You'll never get off the phone with her. Uh, We're opening up the Steve hotline uh, after the break. We're going to take a little wee wee and then uh, we got some callers. Great. All right. Yeah. I really got to go. We'll be right back with you never know. You know what I mean? Right after this urination break. Holy shirts and pants, do we have a deal for you. If you're an e-commerce seller, I suggest you listen up. Now with the high demand and everyone buying stuff online these days, you have to be able to keep up with everything that's going on. And as an e-commerce seller, you got to be using ShipStation.com. Now, speaking personally, we've been using ShipStation for years over here at the Stevenson Ranch. Whether it's been chug buds or shipping merchandise, it's made our life so much easier. Um, it's you know they keep everything so organized, all the orders. Uh, you can print the labels. Uh, it's and you get the best rates on shipping, whether it's USPS, UPS, FedEx, even Amazon fulfillments. So don't be missing out and paying too much in all this uh, shipping cost. If you're e-commerce, you're just starting out, or you've been you've been doing it for a long time, you got to be using ShipStation. We have a great deal for you. If you use promo code YNK, you can get your first 60 days free at ShipStation.com. So go to ShipStation.com, click the little microphone up top, use promo code YNK and get your first 60 days for free. Let's get back to the show. While I was urinating, I'm wearing my, uh, my prison mic tank, my prison mic tank. Right here? Yeah. I w- I'm wondering, these these are still on sale? I don't think so. No? We can, we can. I get a lot of requests to put them back on. I'm plugging it for no reason? <laughs> it's all right. It grows the brand. <laughs> I'm wearing it honestly because I like it, but... It's a good looking, it's a good looking tee. I think they just got, a lot of people just got them because I've been getting a lot of messages, people wearing them. The posters are hilarious. Yeah. It's, sorry for partying We posters. sold a bunch of them. Yeah. Hey, you know, it happens. Did you ever see the the Office episode with uh, Prison Mike? Steve no. Car- Steve Carell does a fake character called Prison Mike. I haven't. I've I've seen some of the Office shit. I I, I fuck with it. I think it's funny. Yeah. <laughs> How many days in are you uh, with the mustache? Like four weeks now. Four weeks deep on this fucking muzzy. Are you gonna here. let it go and get bushy? Yeah, I'm. I'm trying to compete with uh, Daigo's brother. He's got a good looking one. He's I got. He, he's like a year in on, on his. his he said, he said if you rub chicken shit on it, it grows faster. I don't know. Anyways, we got a caller. Uh, live on a farm. So. We got Kyle from Harrisburg calling in right now. I'm going to uh, get him in here real quick. <clears throat> anyone, um, anyone want anything from um, Chipotle? I'm good. Kyle? Hey, what's going on? What's up? It's John Kilmer on the air. Hey, Kilmer. How are you, man? I'm good. How are you? I'm very good. Where are you calling from? Um, I'm from uh, right around Harrisburg, Hershey area in Pennsylvania. Hershey Park, baby. Yeah, have you been? No, I haven't actually. No, it's, it's a good time. It's a good time. Definitely recommend it. Right on, right on. I'm going to pass the phone over to Papa Steve and you can ask your question. All right, very cool. All right, tight. Put that in. 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 Put that
Which one? This one? Yeah. Yo. Yo, what's going on, Mike? How are you, man? What's up, buddy? How are you? I'm fantastic. How are things? How are things in PA? Oh, uh, not too shabby. Um, obviously, things are as weird here as they are anywhere else right now. But um, yeah, is it? Uh, are, are things are things uh, shut down there? Uh, yeah, they are. Um, we shut down pretty strictly early on, so yeah, not as bad here as a lot of places. But um, it's starting to get to that point again. Yeah, it's a fucking train wreck. <laughs> <laughs> it's a train wreck, yeah. It's a train wreck. I hope we uh, can get through it. You just never know. A wise man once said, you never know. You never know. Um, what's good? What's your question, buddy? Um, okay, so this is actually, I I DM'd you about it on uh, Instagram okay. um, a few months ago. I don't think you ever saw it, though. Uh, you had tweeted Unreal. something along the lines of, uh, if you want to be a clear thinker, um, it's best to stay out of politics because you know it limits you to a certain way of thinking you sort of have to confine to fit into um a yes. box yeah uh and you know i totally agree the whole you know dichotomous nature of it mm-hmm. is it is very limiting and um mm-hmm. it's probably why a lot of people don't participate mm-hmm. but to me the um you know the ignoring politics part was kind of like mm-hmm I sort of, yeah, I, I struggle with that because it feels like, you know, you're turning your back on issues mm-hmm. that really directly affect a lot of people. And I know you've talked on the podcast in the past few weeks about right. um, how your thinking's evolved yeah. uh, in regards to that. So I guess my question is just kind of, um, is there a good way to balance it? Like, is there a good way to stay engaged and involved in these sort of issues that are, you know, inherently political without compromising like your way of thinking and your happiness. Right. Yeah. You know what? It's it's um it's interesting because you know, I have been on this podcast before, uh, you know, probably like maybe a few months ago on an episode. I was just like, yeah, you know, I I, I touched on it a bit more and I was like, yeah, you know, I, I haven't even I don't really vote. I I choose to I choose to kind of control the things I can control and not allow like the climate you know because it's it's a messy very we're living in a very messy climate of just you know there's there's a huge uh there like there's a huge huge feeling of separation between everybody between everybody and like i'm actually kind of leaning more into like we're all kind of connected um and i feel like when i invest my energy and time into politics and the things going on, um, it actually like stokes that fire, and I I find myself feeling more separate, and I I feel like I get dragged into that line of thinking a little bit, and at the same time, you know, I went I came back on the podcast and I said, hey, you know, I think I'm wrong in to say that you shouldn't vote, you know, and and I think I maybe should reevaluate. Uh, getting a little bit more involved because there is a certain privilege to that and you know and and I acknowledge that but look I'm here trying to give you guys the best advice from where I sit you know and and it's not necessarily going to be something that everybody can um, everyone can necessarily adopt and just be like yep that's how I feel too you know I'm just trying to to honestly personally I'm using this platform to try to like help y'all I think a lot of people have kind of seen my mindset change and evolve and I think what I'm trying to do is is give y'all a 
uh, a window into how I see it and then also a window into like how I think maybe, you know, if you don't like the way you're feeling or seeing things, maybe some of these things can be unlocks to then kind of uh, level up the way you're experiencing life and how you're seeing things. Now, look, it's it's really a messy climate right now, bro. Like everything's propaganda. Both sides are kind of politicizing things. And it, it personally, like the actual ideology that like you're blue, you're red, you're a Democrat, you're Republican. And here's how there's a line drawn in the sand and everyone on this side has to agree with these ideologies and has to think this way and has to see things this way and the conservative side. And then on the other side, you know, vice versa, the same thing. And personally, uh, we talk about it a lot on here. I, I just think they're, it's outdated, man. That's an outdated, it's an outdated model. Um, humans have evolved. Society has evolved so much there aren't these fine lines of, of, of ideologies and the way you're supposed to see things and this is how you have to see it and this is, you know. So, look, um, I, do, I do think it's important to exercise. If you're drawn to politics whatsoever and, and, you know, a lot of people are severely impacted by some of the decisions, I understand that and I understand you have to be informed and engaged. And personally, I try to use, like, I'm on the internet a lot, you know, like if I wasn't doing what I would, what I'm doing, I don't know if I'd be on the internet much, you know? And, and look, you know, it's a free country. Like it's a, it's a free society. It's a free world. Like if you want to be heavily involved and, and you're, you know, you know, drawn to it, then, 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 you know, by all means invest, invest your energy into it. But what I will say is this, you know, talk about controlling the things you can't control. Like I've gone to the extreme of like not even watching like negative things that are scripted, like movies. Like I try not to watch, I try not to put that shit into my fucking subconscious, man. So when I find myself, like I go on the internet a lot. So I come across a lot of the things that are happening and I like to be informed. We have a podcast, we talk about current events, you know? So I am balancing and juggling the two and there's some days I do better than others. But what I can say is like, I use my idle time to try to clear my head of that, to try to steer clear of things I can't control, to focus on what I can control, which is my mindset. And it personally helps me to like not be super invested because one, I know that I'm not as informed as, as I should be to even really like, to really have a side on these things. Like we get what the media is giving us, you know, like I just, I just kind of see behind the curtain a little bit in my opinion. And I try not to invest my emotional energy into it too much. Now, look, again, that's 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 my that's my outlook on it. You know, that's how that's how I see it, and I think it preserves my energy in a way to where I can be the best at the best version of myself. You know, and being a creative person, we were just talking before you called. There's, it's precious. It's very very important to preserve your your mental energy and to allow your head to be as open as it can be to new creative ideas. And if you're distracted about what Trump said today or you're distracted about, you know, uh, any anything at all, no matter what side you're on, if you're if you're it's it's very stressful, man. Like it's a very stressful time. And it's I personally try to try to make sure that I at least put a cap on how much energy I'm giving that. And I can move forward with my day, like, and try to give myself the best chance at a good day every day, you know? So that's my, that's my, like, 
look, I'm, I'm kind of dancing around it. There's no real right or wrong answer. Like, yes, I do think it's good to be informed. I do. And I think it's very important to try to push for the proper leadership that you feel is proper. To, to, that's going to lead us to having a better you know, society for us and our kids. And all that is important. But if you find yourself being bogged down or stressed out or you feel like a lot of your mental energy is going towards things that are, one, way out of your control, um, I personally think that's something that you could try to wind off of. And I'll stand by that as advice, albeit, you know, it's not a blanket advice. You know, everyone, everyone's different and has their own opinions. But it's just these are things I try to kind of relay to y'all to help y'all if you're kind of looking for more creative space in your mind, if you're feeling bogged down or unhappy, you know? So, it's, yeah. you know, I don't know if, did that make sense? No, yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah. How do you feel about it? Are you, are you kind of uh, heavily invested in politics? I mean, yeah, I, I studied uh, sociology and so mm -hmm. that's what I so got with the So, yep. um, and, and I think, you know, like moving forward, I mean, it's just, I've always had, you know, an interest to be invested mm -hmm. in. Yeah you know, making change in areas where I see fit. Yeah, see, um, so you're you're interested, you're drawn to that intuitively, then, you know, I don't think that applies to you then. You know, like, if you're drawn to it, you went and studied it, and you feel, especially someone who studied it and got a degree, and then still, you know, to this day, is, is invested and wants to make change and and wants to be involved, then, then you have to listen to that, you know? Yeah, we talked about it. I mean, there, there are definitely moments that where I'm like, yeah, as important as I may feel like it is, I'm I just sort of straining. Know that's negatively impacting me in terms of yeah my my way of thinking. Just yeah, it's draining, man. It is. It's exhausting. It's draining. So you know, look, I think it's great to listen. You, you, both your intuition is telling you two things. Yes, you're drawn to it. Yes, it's something you're passionate about. But maybe you should put a cap on it. You know, on how much energy if you feel yourself being bogged down by it. You have to step away a bit and just find that balance. You know, it's not it's not easy. It's these are stressful times. You know, so if you are invested in it, it's going to it's going to bring about stress. You know, but my advice would be make a plan, even if it's writing things down or it's some of the things we talk about, where you just like are clearing your mind. You meditate, you journal, yeah. write down the things you're thankful for. Just things that can help balance the fact that one of your passions is going to bring some stress. Because right. if it's a passion, then you should feed that passion, you know. But yeah. understand that it's bringing you uh, some some stress, or maybe not even stress. Just it might be filling up your mind with a lot of things that you know maybe yeah. might not be serving you to your best to the best ability, you know. So it's finding that balance. But I definitely don't. I wouldn't. I'm not saying, hey, fuck it, man. You don't just ignore it, you know. Like I personally, you know, I, I lean more towards that, you know. But it's, but it's, again, I'm not, I'm not passionate about politics. I never have been, you know, I'm passionate about people. Um, but, you know, at the same time, I think I can like connect and get that. I could feed my passion for people and how society works through what I do, you know, and I think the podcast is part of that. So find your wave, man. Find your wave. What do you want to do for a living? Do you have like a goal? I don't know, actually. Yeah. I, uh, I just graduated in May. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm. Um I'm still working out the yeah. details. I mean, of course. It's, it's an interesting you know, time, man. Very, it's, very, it's a weird time to be a recent college graduate. but um, Very tricky, for sure. Yeah. I would just look at it as more time, man. Like, you, you got look at it as some bonus time to, like, try to, you know, navigate what you want to do next, especially coming out of college and not necessarily knowing, 
you know like this is you're, right. you're you're getting an opportunity that like no one else has really gotten where like yeah everyone's kind of on pause and yeah it might be a little harder it's not it, but maybe you'll have a little bit more time to gather yourself and like figure out what exactly you want to you were where you want to start at least you know yeah, absolutely we love it steve well i hope i i hope i helped and i hope uh i mean at the end of the day you got to be able to listen to yourself so listen to yourself but try to make try to make little things in your day that can like help clear your mind and i think that will that will at least help kind of a little bit more balance uh, yeah no i mean i definitely i really appreciate it man yes sir i appreciate you man i appreciate All you right. stay up buddy thank you bro thank you good luck with everything Thank you. You too. Cheers, buddy. All right, take it easy. All right, later. Wow. Good stuff. Dude, uh, that, uh, I was... Microphone. Uh, <laughs> oh, Wayne, Wayne says, I, I've been listening to him before I go to bed, and he's just like, he writes it on, he has something written on his mirror, he looks at it every day. No one will fuck up my day. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So, I think that can go with, just, maybe it's not a person, but you can, don't let little things fuck up your day. Yeah. That you can't control. Yeah, I mean, look, like, the presidency and, like, who's who's leading us and shit, like, technically, like, we can play a part in controlling that by voting, voting and shit. Yeah, but other than that, what I... Right. What I'm saying is, like, at the end of the day, I'm, I'm more questioning... I'm, I'm kind of questioning how much who's the president really matters. You know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. it's so much at the forefront, and he's taking it to Twitter, so it's, like, all in everyone's face. Yeah. You know, like, so everyone's, like, holy shit. I think I might have elbowed it. It feels <laughs> more in our face, and it feels yeah. more like, whoa. Like, every policy wasn't a tweet. You know what I mean? Every Everything happening wasn't a tweet and an, a fucking goddamn yeah. news story immediately. Yeah. I mean, I was going to touch on this, and I think there's, like, a, there's a bigger message at play here. And, like, he's calling in saying that, like, being active in politics is draining which is sad because, I mean, that's what he went to school for and that's what he wants to do and he's feeling that it's draining. Mm -hmm. And I think social media obviously has a lot to play about it because, like, I mean, you were just saying, like, all these policies are getting thrown on on Twitter now, which never used to be a thing. We didn't even know what the fuck was going well, on. That's what yeah. I'm saying. But now, like, the, the draining part is that, like, when you offer up an opinion that's, like, your own original opinion on the internet, there's going to be fucking 30, 50, 100, 1,000 people that are just going to shit on your opinion. Mm -hmm. And it's fucking draining to read all that. Mm -hmm. yeah. And I, I just want to come out and say that, like, if you're, if you're, like, if you're, come, like, shitting on someone's opinion, you're a fucking asshole. Yeah. yeah. If you don't, especially if you don't even know who they are, which you is... You might not even be as much of an asshole. You're just, mis very, like, you're very misguided. No, man, because it's ignorant. Like, it, it, you have to understand that when you're dealing with other people's opinions, there's always going to be a layer of ignorance where you don't know who that person is, where they came from, totally. how they're programmed, where they're coming from. Don't shit on their opinion. You don't have no idea who the fuck they are. Yeah. You know what I mean? You can offer up like, you can respectfully disagree with someone and offer I up aim, another opinion. I literally aim to, there's, there's, a, there's a quote, I fucking don't know it, but it's, it's a great quote and it's about like, it's like a don't argue with fools. Like, yeah. I forget how you, how you become the bigger fool. Well, you're a fool if you're arguing with fools. So yeah. what, not even calling other people fools, it's just like, look, I actually like I hope to one day get to a place where like I really can do that where I just don't even argue. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like oh, I really aim to we, do that. We've all done it. Yeah, yeah. and I yeah. or e even in just my personal life too and like I tweeted something today I said be quick to listen, 
mm-hmm. slow to speak and, oh, yeah. s- and slower to no, judge. I, I took a screenshot of that because that's reminded me of, of this exact yeah, conversation. Yeah, be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slower to judge or get angry. And like, if you think about it, normally I fucking judge right away when someone says something I hate. I'm like, or I'll get angry if they say something rude or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah. you know, it's, it's it really is like a kind of a Buddhist way. Like, it's a very pacifist way but uh, i'm going that way and like back to what that kid was saying like yeah man like personally i choose to like ignore shit that's going to stir up any type of like discomfort mm-hmm. and that's a personal opinion that's a personal choice yep i don't tell i'm not telling everyone in the world to do that if you're looking for me to me for advice that is my advice yeah. and it goes down to remember what i said about decisions like eliminating someone in your life if you gave politics a name, call it Paul. Eliminate Paul from your life if it's giving you stress. Yeah. yeah. If the if Paul, your friend, is you know coming around bringing you negative energy, I've had that multiple times in LA. I'll like be like, I come to a realization. I'm like, oh, I don't really fuck with that guy anymore. Yeah. I don't. There's something off about his energy. He kind of always stokes the fire and tries to say something, but instead of getting angry, I just choose to re- remove them from the equation. I know. You know, and that's kind of how I look at the politics thing. Like, yes, I hate it. I hate it all. Like, I, I really wish we could. I know there's problems and I know I, I just I just want peace for everybody. And it's really hard to do and hard to achieve. I just I think society is is very misguided overall about like what's important. I think it's I think it's just a bummer because like there's so many brilliant minds that are just afraid totally. to, to speak their opinions because there's always going to be like a negative backlash no matter what your opinion is. Yeah. And some people just don't want to fucking deal with it. Like that, that Kyle who just called, he's like, I'm getting fucking drained. Like, I get it. Yeah. It makes you not want to even give your opinion anymore. And now you're having all these brilliant people that just can't speak their mind because there's just fucking all these idiots that give like, and it's never going to stop. As, yeah. as long as there's a platform like Twitter or social media, it's never going to stop. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a fucking interesting time to be alive, man. Dude, yeah. Fucking UFOs, bro. <laughs> but... People like stress out, stress out about that too. Like it's so out of our. Maybe they're here. Maybe they're here to help us. Yeah, I hope so. You know. Yeah. I mean, dude, I think you got to be a little naive to think that we're just the only beings here in this whole fucking planet, and and not in this whole universe that is so big and so vast that we can't even fucking understand how vast it is. Mm -hmm. You know. So like, I don't know. It, it, It comes down to shit you can control. Comes down to you never know. Yeah, like literally, yeah. literally. <laughs> so like, what you do know, you if anything, know. is like, yeah, I'm gonna do the things to try to give myself the best chance at a good day. And when I wake up tomorrow, I'm gonna try to do that again. Yeah, you so know, you it's your do. life. So you can do. Any closing statements before we get out of here? Uh, you know, I just have to jump in. If you got a milf in the neighborhood, go take it down. I gotta piss like a fucking pregnant woman. <laughs>